Welcome to In the Isles, the movie and TV podcast that will not spend its runtime trying to figure out which is the werewolf among us. I'm James Rothwell. I'm Dan Axon. This week, we're going to talk about what we've been watching. We'll cover some real news. And our main review is Werewolves Within. Newsflash. I know we're not at news section yet, but did you know that we needn't have travelled to cinemas to watch this and it's actually been released on Apple TV? On Apple TV? Nine ninety nine. Or four forty nine to rent. Oh yeah, I knew it, I knew it was available as a premium video on demand. All right, okay. Let's skip past this then. Seems as you already know. Listening audience, you may not. You don't need to go to a cinema if you wish to watch this film. Yeah, it's Stop available. This podcast before the main review. Watch it on Apple TV. Revisit us. See what we have to say about it. Yeah, or, or Amazon Prime or whenever wherever um, premium video on demand is sold. Yes, we can't be seen to fair for one rather than the other so all streaming services were available james how are you coping i'm gonna make an apology for the audience already if you can hear background noise cars children sirens it's because my windows are open and i refuse to shut them i would ordinarily during a recording session but it's far too hot i'm ginger it's not the weather for me are you all right i'm struggling i'm struggling i've got some sunburn on one very specific streak on my arm i don't know why i'm only sunburned in that one place I hate, I hate showing my body as well. So we went into town and I wore jeans and a T-shirt and a shirt over the top of that. And it was such a huge, huge error to do that. I'm glad you said that because I feel better now. I'm, I'm going to level with the audience. I've got quite bad psoriasis on my legs and come summertime, I'm always a bit self-conscious about getting the old stems out. So I had a big debate with my partner about this. I was like, oh, I'm going to wear jeans when we go to my grandma's birthday party because I don't want people to see my legs and comment on them. And she said, no one's going to notice. So I thought, sack it off. I'm wearing shorts. Turned up straight away. Hey, grandma, what's wrong with your legs? Lesson learned. You be you. You be you. You be you. You be, you. You be soft. That's a little plug for many yeah. of you there. Um, I'm curious because I'm looking for advice. Any top tips for staying cool during the night in this weather? That's where I'm struggling the most. Sleep as far apart as possible because, you know, body heat. Yeah, I'm down with that one completely. I suppose appropriate advice would be man up. You could have said that to me. I'm glad you didn't. Yeah, and just in general, don't move a lot. And if you are going to move, move slowly. And where possible and where hygienic, always sleep in the nude. Okay. What have you been watching? <laughs> a classic horror story. Funny little side story to this is I emailed a work friend the other day and told him that I watched this. And he said, oh, sounds really good. Um, what's it called? And I said, no, no, it's called A Classic Horror Story, to which we both sent laughing emojis because <laughs> he thought I was saying, you know, reminds me of the time that I went to McDonald's and bought a big tasty meal told my mum what I'd had, and she said, oh, you had a big tasty meal? What did you have? Who says I went and had a big tasty meal? So never one to be deterred by the never-ending abyss of distinctly average horror films. I chose to leave Fear Street firmly in the past, and I thought, let's get out of this ditch and watch an Italian horror film with an IMDb rating of 5.4. What could possibly go wrong? This is another Netflix horror film. 
I think it was made by them. I can't find a clear answer. It doesn't look like it's one of these acquisitions, again, from another studio. It's about a bunch of strangers who share a car ride together. And that's really not made clear, by the way. There's a guy who's on Instagram and he's like, Fabrizio's friends, oh, we're traveling. Sorry about the accent. But you don't know why these people are in this van. You don't know that it is a car share. It's a bit weird and not very well explained. Anyway, they're making the way across southern Italy for their own personal reasons. And along the way, shit goes sideways and they find themselves stranded in the middle of the woods with a mysterious cult after them. This is self-described as Texas Chainsaw meets Midsummer. So like Fear Street, it's acknowledging that it's got influences, but also, like Fear Street, it it struggles to find its own identity, I think, and it just becomes a bit of a a mishmash of something you said perfectly the other week, better horror films. And it is part of the problem with this because it it wants to be too many things. It's part Cabin in the Woods, it's part Midsummer, it's part Ritual, which, if you haven't seen it, I think it's on Netflix, is a very good British horror film that you should see rather than this. It does attempt to be self-aware because at one point one of the characters says about the predicament that they're in, oh, it's like we're in a classic horror story. Wait, that's that's the name of the film and it's it's like a classic horror story. That's so clever. It's not. It's not. It's not complete negatives all around. There's some stylistic choices to make in the way that it's shot and there's this heavy use of red colours that are utilised and it's, it's effective. It does give it an atmosphere of foreboding and, and dread. And the film does go into some very interesting directions and where we end up towards the end is not something that I saw coming. You get quite a shocking-ish third act twist. Not a really important point, but I was very taken aback by the fact that even though it's Italian, 20% of it is in English and that's thanks to the appearance, the weird appearance of British actor Will Merrick who was in Dead Pixels that was a Channel 4 comedy. He has no reason being in this. It seems so odd. I didn't quite understand it, but he's good in it and I like him. So that was a nice surprise. I guess what I'm saying, if you're suffering from horror withdrawal, then I'd argue it's perfectly watchable. Just don't expect anything that's going to shake up the genre. On RT, Rotten Tomatoes, the the score is quite low for this. It's in the 20s and 30s, I think. Oh, it doesn't deserve that. No. 50% would be my score if I could override it completely. Okay. I want to see it for the twist. I might just watch the last 10 minutes for the twist. It's not so much of a twist if you haven't seen what's come before it. Good point. It would just look like a development. Right. What else have you been watching? In the footsteps of Killers. I've seen this crop up in the 4OD app a number of times in the last few weeks. In the what people are talking about section. And I'm not surprised people are talking about it because it's bloody weird. It seems... I'm a bit late to the table with this because people have been speaking about it for weeks, but I didn't know any of the conversation that was going on. After a bit of disbelief, after watching the first episode, I thought, I'm going to Google this and see what people think of it. Turns out it's got a really low IMDb score, and the news is that basically everyone's tearing this apart. The reason for it is really obvious once you've watched it. So obvious, in fact, that I wonder who even gave them the green light to go ahead with this, because you've got psychologist... Professor David Wilson, he's been in everything over the last decade when it comes to UK true crime documentaries. He just crops up as an expert in everything. He's teamed up with fake pathologist Amelia Fox because she plays one on Silent Witness, so she's perfectly equipped to carry out investigations. And they delve into unsolved murders in an attempt to bring the killers to justice. 
the subject matter and the cases are interesting, but it's so problematic in the way that it's executed. It's, it's quite a familiar concept that we've seen countless times, but the reason that it's so bizarre is that they film sections of it between the two as if it's a crime drama with these really ridiculously staged conversations as they get deeper into the investigation. And all the while, they're presenting it as if they're discovering new evidence when, in fact, they may as well just be reading a Wikipedia article verbatim. They've uncovered nothing. There's nothing new here at all. They're reciting old news that if you're the family or you worked on the case, it's common knowledge. But they've done the darndest to have it appear as though they're just the mavericks. They're, they're a hot shot pair of Columbos. It's, it's disgusting. It is disgusting. And you get these little scenes that play out as they like survey what they think is the crime scene and the cameras in the trees, then it's shot from a low angle and they debate the potential as to what, what's gone on, what's what's happened here. Amelia Fox has this forced look of concern and anguish painted over her face. And it's so insulting. It is so insulting. And people have always said, like, the true crime genre is really exploitative, and it always is going to be to an extent, but this is just the worst possible version of this. And you know when you get those adverts on for when you're watching a documentary in between each break and it says, challenge your thinking with documentaries on for? Well, guess what? You did. I'm thinking, who's bright idea was this there's also i've got to tell you this because i rewound it three times pissing myself laughing and it was at the expense of a victim's family which is not how this should come across really unintentional moments of comedy so the debate in the first case and david wilson says we also know the last place the boys were seen alive was at a petrol station near chelmsley wood and then it cuts to amelia fox and an image of a kfc and she goes which is now a kfc and it's just, it's just didn't feel right at all. And there's another one where they actually have the audacity to interview the victims' families in probably the only semi-authentic feeling sections of the show. But they're speaking to this mother and father of a boy who was murdered. The father's discussing the killer, and the mum just out of the blue, because she's obviously thinking and she's enraged, she just goes, twat, and covers her mouth. But then the music kicks in and goes, doom. And it's so poorly timed. It's awful, but I was wetting myself laughing. I'm not doing it at the expense of the families. It's horrible, but it's just really, really badly executed. I can't say that enough. What's it called again? In the Footsteps of Killers. Sounds like it's taken a step back in the genre. You know how in recent times, crime documentaries, there's more. it's more about let's respect the victims. And that sounds bad. Bad, but funny in a way that you've described, so I am kind of interested. Yeah, it's just to see the finishing each of the sentences bit is worth it alone. So they're having a conversation, David Wilson's like, and I'm thinking that, and she goes, it may lead us to the truth. Shut up. Oh. Anything else? Going to tease next week's review. I didn't know Baptiste Series 2 was out. It is. I'm very pleasantly surprised. Jumped straight onto this last night. I've seen two episodes. I'll let you know about the rest of it next week. So far, very good. James, what is on your watch list this week? This is not a brand new film, but it is 2021. It's King Rocker, a film about Robert Lloyd and the Nightingales. It's a rock documentary. I first heard about this via an interview with comedian Stuart Lee on Radio 4 back in January, I think. And I love Stuart Lee. He's my favourite comedian. I've seen him live 
I was on the front row for one of his Edinburgh shows, one of the best moments of my entire life. And I, I watched this for him, even though it's not it's not about him. So, I didn't know you'd been seeing him live. What year was that? That was 14 years ago. I couldn't think of a good way to describe it, so I'm lifting from the official website here. Comedian Stuart Lee investigates a missing piece of punk history, Robert Lloyd, best known for fronting cult Birmingham bands, the Prefects and the Nightingales, and has survived under the radar for over four decades. It's an anti-rockumentary that weaves the story of the undervalued underdog and the way it's done, it eschews the celebrity interview and archive raid approach for a free associating bricolage, I don't know what that word means, of Indian food, bewildered chefs, vegetable gardening, prescription medications, pop stardom and pop art. Basically, it's not just talking heads with archive footage, which is what This Is Pop on Netflix is, as good as that is. It is a is proper film with an interesting approach and they have this narrative through line about this King Kong statue that was in Birmingham in the 70s that was then forgotten about and, and revived. And you have these very, very candid conversations between Stuart Lee and Robert Lloyd that are very relatable. And I, me personally, I enjoy watching musicians talk about the history of their music i find it really interesting to hear about how they met this person and there's, there's this one photograph of him like meeting the ramones and i find that interesting but there's a running joke throughout the film of robert lloyd tells a story and then it cuts to the subject of that story and he says i have no recollection of that story happening i did not have a shower with robert lloyd it's funny it's very funny and there's some other Subtle humour, like Stuart Lee standing in front of a Jimmy Carr advert and saying, these days, mediocrity is rewarded, but genius is ignored, or, or something, I forget the rest of the, the line. It's deliberately unpretentious and self-aware, so Stuart Lee says, tell me that story as though I didn't just ask you about it. So he, he does the same thing that he does in his, in his stand-up, where he's, he's deconstructing and making you aware of the form as it's going on. I, I really loved it. I've wanted to watch it for a while finally have it's on now tv by the way on sky arts king rocker very good part of the aim of this podcast point out the content that probably no one's heard of and yeah it's the first time i've heard of that so thanks for letting me know might give it a go anything else to go even less accessible possibly is a new anime on netflix godzilla singular point so if you want to just skip ahead the anime a bit that's fine it is a Godzilla anime, and I'm up to episode five, and Godzilla hasn't appeared, which oh. is a good thing. Uh, it is about a mysterious signal that causes these pterodactyl-looking creatures, these Rodans, to attack people in Japan. And there's also a new physics-defying material that's being developed by a sciency corporation. And the main characters are investigating both of those things. There's a lot of scientific babble and the human character focus is the focus and it's more prominent than the monsters i think godzilla will appear eventually it's 13 episodes and he's not appeared by episode five according to fans this is more true to godzilla the spirit of godzilla than the recent kaiju fight based films uh, for reasons that are not clear to me because i don't know the history but i think it's because it's more about science and, and dropping godzilla into an already interesting situation maybe it's got nice clean 2d animation the character designs are good but not too over the top the monsters are 3d cell shaded but they still look good if you like steins gate 
then watch this. That will not mean anything to, to many people, but it's our podcast and we can talk about what we want. So I'm enjoying it. One of the better animes I've watched on Netflix. I don't bring them all up. So I'm choosing to bring this one up because I think it is it is good. What's the age rating on this out of interest? Is it geared towards? 12. Rated 12 and up. Better than the last Godzilla film? Then? Yes, 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 yes. Hard, hard to beat, hard to beat, but it did it. All right. Okay. Totally different approach, though. It's completely different, really. Fair enough. Anything else on the watch list? No, but I may choose to bring up Biohackers Season 2 next time. I know I talked about Season 1, but I think this is one of the most underrated things on all of Netflix. So from things we've seen to things that we may see in the future? Yeah. You look blank. Real, real news, news. Real news. Yeah. 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 Jesus. It's the real thing. It is now real, real news, news. This one, it's not so much news. In fact, it's old news to American audiences, but I just want to have a bit of a rant about it, really. American Horror Story is returning for season 10, and it has done already in the US, but it's no release date announced yet for the UK. I've hinted before, I'm a Ryan Murphy fan, I like a lot of his stuff, American Horror Story probably being my entry point into the Murphy effect really. And yeah, I've seen six seasons of it and then I fell off the wagon a bit. They differ in quality really, the seasons. First one is a complete standout by the way, just watch that on its own. So yeah, I've fallen off and I wanted to get back in but then I heard that season eight, which is American Horror Story Apocalypse, it somehow melds together all these disconnected stories from the other seasons and becomes its own thing. And it's a bit of a fan payoff for everyone. And I thought, oh, you've lost me now. There's just too much that's happened. I've got like three seasons that I need to catch up on. And this probably involves me going back and re-watching some that I've forgotten about to really get full appreciation for what season eight aims to do. But then I became aware that... The latest season, season 10, is called American Horror Stories, and it'll feature standalone shorter episodes. Well, not shorter episodes, but, you know, they'll be self-contained. And I thought, oh, my God, what a perfect way of getting a new audience. This is this is brilliant. This is dynamite. He knows what he's doing. So I was really hyped for this. And now I've found out that the first two episodes are their own story, but I believe it's called Rubber Woman. And it is a callback and takes place in the murder house that features in season one. So there's obviously, again, a bit of a tie in there. So I'm just a bit annoyed. This could have been a great entry point for new fans and something for me to get back onto. But I'm just, I'm feeling like they've stitched me up and I don't think I'm bothered anymore. So it's try to be more accessible, but end up being less accessible because it's about season one. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you have to have seen it. But again, I think if you're going to get maximum enjoyment out of it, you will have need to have watched them all from where it seems it's going. And they've shafted me. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. And I'm going to boycott it. Okay. Boycott American Horror Story. I'm one of those people that have not seen any of them. So I could have got in at this point. But no, I'm, not, I'm going to support the boycott. I'm going to support the boycott and not watch it. Please do. Will you watch season one, though? It's very good. Okay. Next one we're stretching a bit, is not film news, but it kind of is. A few weeks ago, maybe months, I can't remember, everything's blur, we talked about Netflix going into gaming. And yes, we some did. Some of the stuff yeah, they've done with Bandersnatch and such. But apparently, 
A data miner has revealed that there are some hidden images that have been found within the Netflix app. One of a DualSense controller, which for the uninformed is PlayStation's controller for its console, and a Ghost of Tsushima issue, which again is a PlayStation 4 game and 5. This would hint towards a possible collaboration between Netflix and PlayStation, which one really angered me because I had a strongly worded debate with my partner this week about, I bought a PlayStation, I was really happy at the beginning, but um, Game Pass is a very good offering on Xbox and there's no games out at the moment for PlayStation. Can I get an Xbox as well? No, you can't. Now, this is just further solidified. I may have made the wrong choice. If they're going to make PlayStation games streaming available on Netflix, I've shot myself in the foot. I really have. But... I think this is very exciting, especially for a non-PlayStation owner. I think this could be the very thing that when it seemed like PlayStation was on the back foot because of Microsoft's subscription gaming offering, they may have actually just done them over here and they will rule the world together, I think, if this happens. Rule the galaxy as father and son. So is it is it looking like it's going to be PlayStation now, but on Netflix? I think so. I think that's what I'm getting from this. So nothing is solid in terms of sources here this is merely speculation but i think that's what's being hinted at here and i do think personally this makes complete financial sense for playstation they need to dominate now more than ever and they are on the back foot and this is a way of them just creeping forward right you'd need some hardware though wouldn't you for Would it to you? work i don't think you could stream red dead redemption 2 through a amazon fire stick there may be hardware limitations, but if you think about the data that is involved with streaming at 4K on some of these newer TVs, I, th- I think it's in the realms of possibility. I think it could happen because you can do it on a laptop. You can do it on a basic bitch laptop. You can stream PlayStation Now games and it work perfectly fine. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I don't know either. We're, we're, we're stepping outside of our lane here. So you need to stay, stay in lane, stay in lane. Yeah. I apologise, I just thought it was worth people knowing that if they've got a Netflix subscription, I imagine you would have to pay extra for this, but maybe you'd be able to get into gaming. Hold off on the next-gen consoles. They may be all but irrelevant. Still going to try and convince Mrs. to let me buy an Xbox. From PlayStation game data lurking within the Netflix, yeah, I'll leave that one. I know what you were trying to do. It wasn't bad. Hello? like to order an opinion, please. This film is new, fresh point of view. Hold me sit back, this is a fact. We in the aisles, here are some aisles. Thoughts in sync, tell you what to think. I'll listen to you, but please don't rap again. Werewolves Within is a multiplayer VR game for Oculus Rift, HTC Vive and PlayStation VR. The game is set in a medieval fantasy town that is being attacked by a werewolf and players are tasked to guess which of the townsfolk is the werewolf in disguise in a mafia-style format. For the purpose of this podcast, I bought PlayStation VR, I bought this game, I spent 10 hours playing it every day for the past week. Uh, I've got a lot to say, so Daniel, what do you think about Werewolves Within? James, you made a huge mistake. What do you mean? It was You literally just pointed out in the last section, we're, we're a film podcast. This is supposed to be reviewing the film. There's a film. It's called Werewolves Within. Okay, we'll come back um, about what nine, 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah, ninety-three. <sighs> Idiot. Should have packed our snowshoes. What? People do that. You know, fun fact. 
Not only is it the oldest, but remains one of the most effective means of traversing the ice. Wow. Yeah, you're going to fit right in at Beaverfield. Everything here is a little <laughs> questionable. Ranger! The people. The weather. Everything. Oh. Ranger? You look like you just seen a corpse. Well, the roads are effed. And something's wrong with the generator. Which generator? All of them. Can't get on the internet! Uh, also, there's a dead body under your porch. Holy! Ah! Right, we're back, James, to see the film. As for what it's about, this is a feature adaptation of the video game, which circa 2,000 people have played, where werewolves attack a small town. James, what did you think of Werewolves Within? This felt like a throwback watching this. It was such a a simple setup into which they threw all these interesting characters and it really surprised me. And I think from last week, my complaint with Fear Street was about the plot. The plot was a bit too straightforward. This is a straightforward plot as well, but they keep adding in new elements the doctor that investigates things uh, the creeping suspicion and the idea that someone is a werewolf that's established and it keeps misdirecting you in in funny ways the plot beyond the setup of someone is a werewolf they're in this small town and someone representing a company wants to build a oil pipeline through the town that i think would mean destroying the houses so he wants to buy people's property or at least pay them to say it's okay to build the oil pipeline so that sets off a lot of division in the community some people want the oil pipeline some people don't and do these attacks have something to do with that but it is mainly a comedy and i did laugh sam richardson is still the man he leads the film he's not just the comic relief and i think he brings his timing and his way of speaking to the role but not in a way that he completely lacks credibility as a lead i don't think this is rated 18 is it this is not really an adult no i think it's 15 so it is a comedy horror with not much gore i think there's one scene of someone's fingerless hand but i did think it balanced the comedy and horror very well it manages to achieve both, and I think there are scenes where they decide we're doing horror now, where it does work really well with the use the sound and the whistling and the the snowy environment and the forest and the creaky cabins that it uses all the elements available for that setting to create a good atmosphere. It's more well made than you would expect a VR game adaptation to be. So just one example is that the Doctor character, who's the biologist, environmentalist, who's there to investigate things, did you notice that she's often like popping in to frame? She'll pop up from under a desk or she'll come in from the side. Or when she leaves a scene, she'll just wheel off her chair. That's funny that they did that. Someone had the idea to do in their film that they're making. There's evidence here that actual effort went into it. It's not just Sam Richardson. He's surrounded by a quirky cast of characters. But Milana Vaintrube is there as his main co-star. I've never seen her in anything else. And Wikipedia research reveals that she came to prominence for her appearances in the AT&T television commercials. So she's popularly known as the AT&T girl. I really liked her as well. Reminded me of the other quirky likable character from 
I'm thinking of ending things. Oh, yeah. I can't remember her name now, but I know what you mean. And when these characters are introduced, like the hunter who lives alone, alone who doesn't recognise the government, and the people with pro-oil pipe signs on their lawn, I thought, is this going to put in lots of politics into this? But it doesn't. It doesn't do that. I think it's just playing around with lots of modern stereotypes and having a lot of fun, and it is fun. Overall, as I say, manages the comedy and horror very deftly. And it is the highest rated video game adaptation ever on Rotten Tomatoes. Once again, a hard target to beat. Daniel, what did you think of Werewolves within the movie? Josh Rubin, we reviewed his previous film for our Halloween special, Scare Me. I really, really liked that. I think you liked it. Yeah, that was a bit underappreciated and overlooked and give it a watch but because he was at the helm and I, that spoke to me so personally i was very cautiously looking forward to this and cautiously because you've already said it it's got working against it the fact that it's a video game adaptation so by its nature it's probably going to be shit the game like you said is set in medieval times this is present day so it's a loose adaptation but follows the same sort of premise i agree with what you said the plot is not really built upon beyond who's a werewolf and there's a pipeline. They pad it out with that story of the pipeline, but it's more about the friction between the residents and you know the outsiders who are encroaching on their home turf. And yeah, it remains quite thin in terms of the story, but I don't think it really matters here. It gives them more opportunity to work with the characters and bring them to life. There's, as you said, a mixed bunch of oddballs. They've all got their own weird and wacky personalities. And I did think they really play off each other well as an ensemble. I think that the film expertly sets up the kind of eerie, not quite normal small town where everybody knows each other and they're in everyone's business. The issue for me, and it is a bit of a non-issue, and I'll tell you why, is for a comedy horror, it's not very scary and I didn't find it very funny. I probably smiled quite a lot during this, but I never full-on lolled. Did you watch this on your own, by the way? Yes, I watched it on my own. That normally plays into the whole, do you laugh out loud or not? Because you tend to just do it because other people are in the room. Um, so yeah, I didn't didn't lol, and I didn't jump out of my seat and release a bit of wee either, because um, that's what happens when you're scared, isn't it? The comedy, there are funny lines in this, but I think it's blink and you'll miss... No, that's not the right phrase. Shove your finger in your ear momentarily and you'll miss it. And it's because you've got all these characters in the same room for the vast majority of the film and the dialogue's really fast-paced and at times they're talking over each other. And there are funny things in there, but it's a bit too chaotic at parts and it's you'll miss some of the jokes. In terms of the fear factor, I'm not too precious about that because it's a horror comedy. I'm not expecting it to really you know, get under my skin. But I would have liked it to have a bit more tension in some parts of the film because they do really build up an atmosphere and I think it's done very well and I think they were very capable of bringing more tension to it. I'll echo your thoughts on Sam Richardson. He is more of a straight man in this. The Cecily character, she was a revelation to me as well. I've never seen her in anything similar to you. Yes, she's attractive, but that has nearly nothing to do with it. Okay. In fact, you'll probably cut this out. If we want to, you know, make men not objectify women as much, let's teach women the same lesson. Because within the opening scene where she's introduced in a normal clothing, my partner said, she's got some cracking tits. What? No need for that. I really like the chemistry between her and Finn and everyone. Like I said, really, really solid cast. If you are looking for an inoffensive switch your brain off, 
see where the night takes your type of film. I think you can do so much worse than this. This is solid. It's very entertaining. And I do like that the mystery element of the who is it in terms of the werewolf, that's sustained throughout. I was engaged. I wanted to know who it was. And it kept me along for the ride. So this film was developed by Ubisoft Film and Television, a subsidiary, obviously, of Ubisoft. They also made Assassin's Creed and other upcoming films, uh, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon, Tom Clancy's The Division. They're also responsible for uh, In the Isle's favourite Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet. Oh, yeah, they feature a lot of their properties in the video gamey cutscene sections, yeah. So I, I did wonder, maybe that's why this film is actually good, because effort is being put into these Ubisoft film and television projects. I mean, Assassin's Creed wasn't actually good, but they actually try and make them good. Yeah, granted. And this film and Mythic Quest find examples of that. And I think it, I'm going to butcher this now if the gaming community is listening, but I think there was a lot of talk during E3 is a gaming conference, by the way, rather than purely showing their gaming content at the conference, they actually either led or ended with the trailer for Werewolves Within. So I think that speaks to how seriously they really do take this. This is a good sign of what's to come. Maybe we will finally get to see some really half-decent content coming out. I just really am finding it a bit odd that they went, what should we start with? This beloved classic that no one's played, Werewolves Within? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Assassin's Creed and then Werewolves Within. It's like Marvel doing, we'll do Iron Man first and second we'll do Moon Knight. (laughs) I hadn't heard of Moon Knight, but that's why the joke worked. Yeah, yeah. James, would you recommend this film? Yes. Daniel, would you recommend Werewolves Within? I'm not going to dither on. Kind of have already. Yes. Let's go into spoilers. Bruce Willis. Real name is Tyler Durden. Sank at the end. Oh, thanks a lot. Spoilers. Milana Vaintrube. Cecily. She's the werewolf. She is the werewolf. And she's been going around different places. On the hunt. And she's found this ideal town, Beaverfield, to turn people against each other. But unfortunately for her, the rogue hunter who lives alone and rejects, doesn't recognize government, he comes to realize the power of community and saves the day. And the oil pipeline guy, he gets killed by an exploding phallic oil sign, doesn't he? Yes, very gruesome. Well, it's not actually very gruesome at all. Goalless. Yeah, so it's a happy ending. The community comes together in the end. There's still, there is death. There is death. People die. I was disappointed that it was her, though. Didn't really want her to be a werewolf. I wanted the romance to work out between the two of them. That's the point, yeah. Did you see it coming? Did you think that it was going to be her? Well, it it did strongly hint at it, but I thought that was a red heron. You know, when the the guy from Argentina said about the seventh sibling, and in an earlier scene, she was the seventh sibling. I thought, that's such an obvious tease that it, it can't be the case. And then it, it was her, so I was surprised. Were you surprised? Yes, um, I hadn't picked up on that, but if I had, I probably still would have not assumed, would have thought the same as you. Far too obvious, they're not going to go down that route, but bait and switch, it was. Well done. You uh, misdirected me. I know that we regularly like come down hard on plot holes, and you know it's all very well and fair to say for two people who aren't artistic enough to go and make a film for themselves, well, that's part of why I enjoy this podcast. I just like shitting on other people's shortcomings um, just to make myself feel better. When there's this scene where they all give in the guns, yeah? 
Yeah. So they're all giving the guns and they all say, right, now, fair enough. It's just going to be absolute mayhem if we're all armed. So let's give these in. That's fine. They're all disarmed. They subject themselves to being sat in the house together and they think, right, we'll ride this wave together. That's never going to happen. Sam Richardson delivers this. I assume he wants it to be an inspiring speech. It really doesn't go down well with anyone. And they all say, for no real good reason, I don't think. Let's just leave and go home. They don't take any of the guns, not from what I saw, then the next five, ten minutes play out with them lurking through this mansion with no weapons whatsoever. And I thought, you've got at least 15 firearms at your disposal here. Where have they all gone? What's happening? Did you notice that? I didn't pick up on that, no. That they, yeah, they leave the guns behind. That didn't make sense. I don't think there's an explanation for that. That was my only observation on that. And the only nitpick that I have, I can't say I had any more problems with it. What about you? The scientist, who's the straightest character in the whole thing, very serious for the whole time. You think she's going to deliver some information. I think she reveals that it's DNA of both human and werewolf in the fur of the killed people. She kills herself and someone says, oh, she couldn't deal with what she found and, and she kills herself and that's it. So there's all this build around this character and she didn't reach any useful conclusions. I found that unsatisfying. I'll, I'll agree with you on that because I think she was, even though she's quite straight-laced as a character, she was entertaining to watch and I quite enjoyed her involvement. So I, th- I think she died a bit too early for my liking. Would have liked her to stick around. Th- there really isn't a lot more to spoil than there's, that. There's not a lot. To sp- it's really straightforward, this film. It's, <laughs> it's, it, is, it is what it is. And that is perfectly fine. Just because it's not a... 15 minute 20 minute 30 minute spoiler section does not mean that there is not fun to be had and plot developments to enjoy so don't take that to be a warning sign it is what it is exactly it doesn't add 30 minutes to the runtime unnecessarily it gives you a good time and then that's it so why should we do anything other than exactly what you just insinuated this film doesn't do let's not go on shall we there's nothing else to say Uh, is there i don't know there's nothing no 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 there's nothing else to say James, I don't believe we know what we're reviewing next week. And will we finally have a trip to the cinema together? Old, the new M. Night Shyamalan film. That's weird, isn't it? Am I right in saying the last time we went to the cinema together was to watch Glass? No, because I don't think I've seen Glass. That's what we're reviewing. Thank you very much for listening. If you wish to leave us a review, you can do so at apple.com or iTunes, whichever you want to call it. If you want to follow us on Instagram, you can at In The Isles Podcast. And please let us know what your feedback is by emailing us at Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks. Bye. Bye.